This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of All Possibilities is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. As you all know, I had my first baby back in February. Jonathan is an absolute joy, and it took a conscious commitment to spiritual growth to help me get past fears that were holding me back from starting a family. This is part of a series of episodes focused on what is possible in pregnancy, birth, and having a family. Whether you're thinking of having a family, have written it off for a variety of reasons, wanting to delay it, or you have your own worries about it, you'll learn about tools and techniques you can use, how to overcome fear, and what it takes for you to embrace your own circumstances, whatever they may be. You won't find surrogacy to be a topic around the water cooler. And that's often because people tend to find it unfamiliar or even controversial. Meet Evie Jang, an accomplished family lawyer who, while on the partner track, decided to freeze her eggs to give her an option down the line to start a family. And now she's founder of Surrogacy Concierge, a one-stop shop for all things surrogacy. You'll hear about why freezing your eggs can be empowering for women, what it takes to find a surrogate, the surprising legal and moral implications it raises, and how looking back on it, she's completely living her purpose. Welcome to the All Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Evie, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show today, and thank you for flying out here to New York for this. Thank you. It's fun. (laughs) So, surrogacy. How did you get involved in this of industry or, or like what inspired you to start this company? You know, it's kind of funny because if you've asked me just a few years ago, if this is going to be part of my career, I would be no. Um, especially if you asked me 10 years ago, I would say no, because I never thought I wanted a family. Um, you know, I always thought I'm a career driven woman and um, I'm perfectly fine being single and being a woman, you know, of it's almost like I want to, to against the traditional value or traditional view of what women should be. So I didn't want to have kids. And one of my really good girlfriends, she's a doctor and she had breast cancer. So when she was going in chemo, the doctor actually advised her to freeze her egg. So she was telling me about it. And I was working in a law firm trying to go on the partnership track and I figure, okay, might as well freeze my egg because, you know, this is a really close girlfriend of mine who wouldn't do this. And maybe she has a point, just like buying life insurance. So I froze my egg when I was 30. And then the Wall Street Journal interviewed me that I was crazy. Well, the Wall Street Journal didn't think I'm crazy, but people who read it, um, they thought I was crazy. And mostly why? all from women, surprisingly. Wait, why did they... Think you were crazy. I don't know. I thought women would support other women, and if anything, it create a possibility or option for women, right? Because time is money, and you can't buy time. So if I can freeze my egg, and isn't that a great thing? And then, then if I want to pursue my career, I. I could do that now. And then the best thing about that is, you know, I don't need to get married so quickly. And now I have a defense when my mom says, hey, you're 30, you should get married. I can say, no, mom, you know, I froze my egg. I, I have plenty of time. But um, yeah, so it was like 300 something people commented. And most of the comment were negative. Some of them were saying that if you are a woman and you don't plan to have family, why you, what's your purpose here? And I thought that was very harsh, especially for another. Purpose here, like, in this on world. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, I have no other purpose but breathe. You know, oh. just giving, like, 
giving birth. I don't know. So I thought that was pretty harsh. And then another, I remember, because I was reading it, I can't help it. I was reading all this comment. And then one of the women was saying, uh, why even live in this world if you, you don't even have any, you don't serve any purpose? So that was like almost wow. 11 years ago. Um, and that's before social media was even popular. So, you know, 300 comment on newspaper, on, on their website. That's a lot back then. Um, so, you know, it, that was 11 years ago. But just recently, surrogacy become very popular. And be honest with you, you know, I was getting sick of a paying storage fee, the frozen costs. And then, and, and same thing with frozen egg. People ask me why I froze my egg. I was being very honest. I tell them because I wasn't sure if I ever want to have family. I thought that was a great way to uh, preserve my egg while I can continue to pursue my career just in case I ever change my mind. Um, same thing with people say why you decide to, you know, have a child. It was because I was married. My ex-husband was the only child. I felt the pressure from both family. And we were being cheap because storage fee was $1,000 a year. So I said, you know what? We're just going to use it. And it worked. <laughs> it happened. So, you know, I ended up having a three-and-a-half-year-old um, boy. So, yeah. I mean, I wish I could... Share with you was like a big story where, oh, I felt the love of the family. I decided to create a family or something like that. <laughs> but it. it's not true. I literally was felt the pressure of how society view you and what people expecting of me. Um, so I went ahead and do it. Yeah. Wow. But I have no regret. It's actually the best thing that... I ever forced myself to do something because what people pressure me to do, mm -hmm. but it was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm surprised that the reaction was even that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, me it's your choice. It's, yeah. uh, you know, you, you. I think when people. It's, it's like an insurance yeah, policy. Yeah, it is. And there, maybe because we're, I mean, the Wall Street Journal, you would think that it's, you know, read by. I know. A lot of career-driven people who, yeah, who I remember mindset. It was on my birthday, and then I was in New York. Actually, it was on my birthday, and my friend was calling me and say, "Hey, you on the Wall Street Journal newspaper? We just saw it. What's up with that?" And then so I was like, "Yeah, I'm just posing my egg. Whatever." So um, I think is when people's not comfortable with a certain idea. And with someone else doing it, or like what we discussed earlier, or you know, privately, how sometimes you take one person and what the people follow. Mm -hmm. um, I think with that, I probably was that person. And since I'm did it, I think more people are doing it and they feel more comfortable with it. And then once they meet me or they talk to me, they understand where I'm coming from. I'm just like them, and you know, and it. It makes sense. I think the idea become more comfortable to them. But I think 11 years ago, first of all, the medical technology probably is not as good as now. Um, China have the one child policy until October 2015. So all this law and, and technology and the idea wasn't that events as now as today mm -hmm. um so i think when people hear something that is not conventional or it's not comfortable for them they they judge you right. not because they dislike you but it's out of their own fear um so i think that's what happened but now everybody's doing it all especially the celebrity you know oh, yeah. and, and a lot of professional women are doing it i'm also teaching at ucla um and and then I was telling my female college student that to freeze an egg later on, save some money and do that because the biological clock is no longer applying to them. They can take them time, you know, focus on the career, graduate school, or just date, you know, just date and get to know yourself better. I think that a lot of time we rush into marriage or rush getting into be with somebody because we have this biological clock saying that, oh, if you don't get married by a certain time, how are you going to have kids, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, or you can't take the partnership track because you have to take three months off or more. Um, that position wouldn't be available for you. You know, all this thing. If you just freeze your egg, all this problem that you have or 
the fear that you have eliminated. So why not? And mm-hmm. you can make a better choice. You can pick the mate that you want to be. Um, you don't just jump into a relationship or jump into a marriage because you feel like you're out of time. Um, if you wanted to concentrate on your career, you really find your job or career um, to be very inspiring or inspirational to you, then you should pursue that. You should pursue your dream. It's just saying, oh, I need to take some time off or I need to work on having a, a, a family because now you have the time to do that. Why not? So, and this is the reason why I really like what I do. And then I really like this company because for me, the bigger purpose of having this company, not just helping um, infertility couple to create a family that they, they really want and, and wish to have, that's their dream. But also in the bigger picture is inspiring other women because now you know, you there's many ways you can have a family. And the definition of family have changed over time, right? So with this, even same-sex family couple can create a family that they want. Isn't that great? Because, you know, the old traditional family of a, a father, a mother, and a child, I don't think that apply. And then that shouldn't be the way how you define family. So... So what I do, I feel like I changed that. I changed the image definition of family. I'm also inspiring other women that to pursue what they wanted to do, what they really wanted to do. Um, and then also encourage them to take them time to get to know themselves better before to jump into a relationship or marriage or not. You know, it doesn't matter. Or having the idea of that for you, it's just a lot of times there's a lot of women wanting to be a mom, but not necessarily wanting to get married. Um, so now they have the option to do that, especially with professional women financially. We can take care of ourselves. Now, I mean, the old day where we need a man to support us financially or put a roof over our head. And this is the reason why we get married is part of the security. That that doesn't that doesn't really work anymore because now there's a lot of professional women. We're very independent, but we still wanted to be a mom and that's OK. So you can be a mom in many ways. You don't have to get married to become a mom or have your own family. So it's good. An option, I always think having option is always priceless. And um, it's good to have option because you make better option. And the worst choice that people make is when they are in fear. So, yeah. Fascinating. I think it's, it's, it's. I mean, now, nowadays I have friends who are like, oh yeah, you know, it's something that I'm considering. Mm -hmm. It's still, so I'm not familiar with, with egg freezing or surrogacy. The perception I have is that it's, it's huge. Like it's like this big deal, like either it's very expensive or it's invasive or it's like all these different things. Mm -hmm. Can you share with us like what, what egg freezing was like for you and what your process um to that led to your son the egg egg freezing process was painful for me be very honest with you um i think everybody have um different experience with it and then how your body reacts to the hormone therapy is also different when i first freeze my egg um I think because the hormone shot that I was receiving, because for you to freeze your egg, you have to take a hormone shot to overproduce your egg. So when they retrieve it, they can retrieve more at once. So they have to give you a large dose of hormone. So for you to produce more egg than you normally would. And the hormone that I was receiving, you know, 11 years ago, it probably wasn't as good as now. So my face was blowing up. I was having very bad allergy reaction. So I hate it. So when I was 35, I did it again because when I was 30, the quality of the egg was frozen, wasn't good. So they would they, they classify um, A, B, and C, or they give you the name for it, medical term, how they would develop and grow after they retrieve your egg to see the quality of the egg. Um, and that was the reason why I didn't really enjoy it, but I think it's a necessary step because if you look at the big picture, I think that I still made the right choice for doing so because it created the option for me. So when I decided to have it, or I don't feel I was pushed into it because I made that decision, especially when you make a big decision of creating family. 
Um, there's no resentment. I enjoy my son much more because I feel like throughout the whole process, I have a choice. And then I don't feel like I do certain things because I was forced to or I have to. And, you know, a lot of people said um, by by having surrogacy, would that make you not connect with your child? And then I can tell you that it doesn't make any difference. Just like a lot of couples that can have children adopt and they love their adopted children just as much. Um, there's, there's no, um, the issue of that, they wonder if when you go through surrogacy, would there be a connection issue? There's none. I love my son very much, and I just love him more and more because you actually get to know him. He developed a personality just like anybody. So it's like I'm learning about him. I'm learning about my son every day. Like every day. Um, and you just love the person more when you get to know them. Um, so to me, surrogacy, the issue that a lot of people talk about, oh, you're going to feel connected with your child, is not an issue for me. I know that a lot of time there's a lot of controversy about playing God because when you do surrogacy, you can do uh, PDG testing, which you can find out the gender of your baby. And now a lot of fraternity clinics also say that they can find out the eye color, the hair color of your child. Um, it's not 100% accurate. It's about 88% or 86%. I don't know the exact number, but it's about 80% accuracy. Um, as for gender selection, it's about 99% or more. So it's pretty much right on. So a lot of times people said, well, isn't that playing God? Because now you get to choose how your child is going to look like. I look at it, there's always a balance of two tests. Because through the PDG, you can also find out if there's any kind of diseases um, or genetic disease. And to me, I think that's worth it for health reasons and saving life. But I think that if you take that to a, 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 another extent of hair color, you know, height, then yeah, you are playing God and I wouldn't support that. So... One of the controversy right now regarding to surrogacy is that. So, and with genetic disease, for example, breast cancer, you can find out about 40 something percent. So it's not that high, but, you know, I can see it's going to get more accurate as time goes on. Our technology is going to get better. Yeah. How did you choose your surrogate? So I went to a couple surrogacy agency, pretty much like what our company is. Mm -hmm. And by going to surrogacy agency, they check your questionnaire, they have an information intake. They wanted to see your view, your religious view, if it's a similar to the surrogate. For example, if you discover that the baby have some kind of um, diseases or um, defects, Will you agree to abortion? Some surrogate wouldn't agree to that. Some surrogate would. So those are the questions that you wanted to make sure you are on the same page with them because you pretty much have to have a good connection and relationship with your surrogate. Another question would be, you know, how close, how much communication do you want with each other? Some surrogate treated as, I'm just carrying a baby. I have my own family. Do not contact me, you know, unless if it's necessary. Some intended parents would be like, I don't want anybody to know that I'm having this child do surrogacy, so I don't want any contact afterward. But some people don't mind and, and I'm fine with it. For my case, you know, I actually like the connection because I'm so grateful that my surrogate carried my son. Um, she's a single mom because her husband passed away suddenly. So she have a boy on her own. So doing the process of surrogate, we're trying to be there for her. And I'm very grateful that she's doing this for me. Um, but, you know, a lot of, especially my client overseas in China, they don't want any communication because part of the reason distant, they live in another country. Um, number two, language barrier. So, And then a third thing is that they probably 
didn't want people to know that they have the child through surrogacy. Um, so most of them prefer not to have any communication. But, you know, in my own case, we have a pretty good relationship with the surrogate. And every year when my son's birthday, we would send her a picture of the birthday party of my son so she can see how much my son has grown and, and stuff. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Coming up, you'll hear how Evie is empowering people to create the vision of their family and also how I think she's living her purpose. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Hi guys, Julie here. This episode is sponsored by Lisa Wolfson, who's a medical Reiki master, teacher, and birth doula. You may remember her from episode 68, where we talk at length about how she was an important part of my labor and delivery for our son, Jonathan. She's such a loving person. She gave us a sense of peace during this experience, and I highly recommend her. She's also a crystal healer and a transitional doula. So if you want to learn more and work with her, just contact her at Reiki with lwolfson at gmail.com. And this is awesome. She's offering 20% off for her services and trainings. All you have to do is mention all possibilities. And again, that email address is Reiki with lwolfson at gmail.com. That's R-E-I-K-I-W-I-T-H-L-W-O-L-F-S-O-N at gmail.com. Evie, you mentioned that you are a lawyer, mm -hmm. and so you have kind of an understanding of all the... The, the, the legal side of surrogacy, which I have no clue, but what, <laughs> we were just talking about it a little bit earlier. Can you, can you share with us how the legal part affects um, surrogacy? And, and I'll ask you a follow-up question, but, but one thing I've been wondering about is this. It's, it seems like there's still a perception or like a judgment issue oh, yeah. at play yes. here. There is there's so much judgment that not every state actually legalize surrogacy. Um, it's getting more which I didn't realize. Yeah, at it's, all. It's getting more and more. But for example, New York, since we New York right now, New York is illegal to do surrogacy. Surprisingly, because you would think New York is such a big city, um, but they're so conservative about certain law and the rule. Um, the reason that they don't allow surrogacy because they view surrogacy as human trafficking and as against public policy. Um, we have office in California, and California is actually one of the state that most liberal about surrogacy. So a lot of people from Asia, uh, same-sex couple, or anywhere would come to California to do surrogacy, beside the great weather, obviously. Um, but Portland's legal, you know, Nevada's legal. Um, Indiana is very weird about it. Indiana doesn't enforce the surrogacy agreement. So if you have a surrogacy agreement, it's, it's, it's not enforceable. But there's a second process where you have to establish who's the parents of this baby after you're giving birth by the surrogate you could establish the birthright. But if doing the process of the surrogacy, you know, they, they violate the, the contract, the surrogacy agreement or whatever, you cannot enforce it because agreement itself is illegal. It's, it's unenforceable. I should say the correct term, unenforceable. There's also state that doesn't have any clear cut saying this is illegal or this is legal. So it's very gray area. There's also stay that you cannot do it. Um, Seattle, Washington, you cannot do it um, to get paid 
like a conversation. You could do that in California, but you can't do it in those days because you have to do all of your good heart. It, it can't be. You cannot be compensated. Oh wow! Um, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, but you could be. We cover a reimbursement for、uh, lost wages if you were working, and because you were doing this all of your own kindness, and you lost work or you lost wages, then you can be compensated for that. So it's very important to find the right attorney that understands surrogacy to help you going through this journey. And and when I was going through that, thank God I'm an attorney because if I'm not, I think it would really be Confusing,、um, and beside that, the surrogacy agreement you are to be able to be validated or for this agreement to be enforceable, both party, the surrogate and the intended parent, need to have independent counsel. So、wow. you, it's almost like a prenuptial agreement.、Yeah. <laughs> I think that's how I describe it because I'm a family law attorney. I've been practicing family law for over 15 years now. So you know, a lot of time I give example of how surrogacy agreements like it's just like prenuptial agreement. What both party need to do. For example, you can't be drinking. You cannot have sex. You know,、um, I don't want you to eat non-organic food. I want you to eat this and that. No drinking. How will you、no、even、smoking. know、exactly. if they actually do that? If they exactly pull because that end of the bargain. Yeah, exactly. So some of my clients from Asia that are super wealthy, willing to pay for living costs, they they actually want the surrogate to live with them during the time period of pregnancy, so they can watch the surrogate.、Oh, wow. And then and that's another that's another questionnaire, right? Matching. Some surrogate have their own family. They're like. No way! I'm moving into your house. <laughs> you know, I want to be with my family.、Um, some of them are single, not married, no family, and they'll be fine.、Um, and some of them say the price is negotiable. If you, if I can move into the house with you with my son, I'm okay with that. So all this thing is part of the surrogate agreement, where you know both attorney on both side would negotiate and you know talk about and. You know, if the price is right, or I don't care what price you pay me, you know, I'm not going to do it. Is is just going back and forth. Yeah. What、um, I've always been curious about this: what range are these prices? Very expensive, and it just keeps going up.、Um, when I did my、uh, my total cost is about eighty. To ninety thousand dollar, and that was four years ago because.、Um, Almost five years ago, because we tried it the first time, and the fraternity clinics kind of messed it up and took off the embryo too early. Yeah, so I took it as not the right time、yeah. because I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. Because remember, oh well, you know, as、yeah. we were talking privately, <laughs> I did it because I was I didn't want to spend money on storage fee, and also because I was I was married for seven years, and my ex husband was the only child. Asian, so you have two Asian family pressuring me. Like, when are you gonna pop some baby out? <laughs> so the first time I did it out of that reason mostly,、mm-hmm. it didn't go do. It so happened that the fraternity clinic screwed it up.、Mm-hmm. What's the chance of that, right? And then so I felt like it was a sign that you're not ready yet. You shouldn't do it for those reasons. But the second time around. I decided to do it because I felt my career was established. I don't necessarily wanted to be a mom to feel like my life was fulfilled because I think my life can be fulfilled in many way, not necessarily to give birth or or anything like that. But I felt that I wanted to experience unconditional love. Because people talk about unconditional love all the time, and、mm-hmm. I don't. I want to feel that. I wanted to feel the unconditional love for another human being, and I think for us to be in this world, you really, at least my personal opinion, is that I wanted to experience every feeling, human feeling that one can experience fully. So I want to feel that unconditional love. For another human being, and that was the reason I wanted to do it. So, it was great, and that's what I'm saying. It's a 
best experience because now I know what it means that you would put your own life ahead of somebody else. Because I don't think I would ever do that before. So is is one of this unconditional love that without a, like you don't even have to think about it. If there's a car coming, you would want to save your child over you. You 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 just. You yeah. throw yourself in front of the car, you know, with you don't even have to consider or debate, you know. It's just it's just that instinct. So now I understand that. And then I also think that being a mother, it give me more empathy because now I you know, when I see news, when I see children getting hurt or someone lose a child, I can't help it. I start crying. You know, just thinking about it makes me so sad. Like I mm-hmm. start crying. It's just that was something that I never felt before or experienced. And now I get it. And then it also teach me to be a better daughter because, you know, when I was growing up, you know, my parents would be like, yeah, I'm your mother, so you should listen to me. Or do you know how hard it is for me to raise you? Blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And you just kind of like, oh, yes, okay, mom, sure, whatever. So, you know, we go one ear to another. Now, I don't argue with her. I don't, even if she says something that I don't agree, I think I can be more understanding and be more compassionate and forgive. That's another thing. You forgive your parents. And so going through this, it, it, it really, I guess, you know, the second time doing surrogacy, it make me want to be a better person. And I think that's part of my life lesson. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. I mean, oh, I also being a, a relatively new mom, <laughs> I completely agree with everything that you've just shared. Like yeah. before I... Before, I was actually afraid of children. So, yeah. like, like, little kids would sit next to me on the subway, and I'll be like, why are they, like, inching closer and, like, looking at me? I'm like, oh. Because like, I, I didn't know how to communicate with them or engage right. with them. It was like a foreign, like a foreign object yeah. to me. And then when I finally had my baby, I was like, I have never felt so much love. Yeah. And I have never felt that feeling you just described of, like, I now understand what it is like to to be to like throw myself and like yeah. protect him and like give my life yeah, for him right? because it, which by the way I like never it, it the the feeling never came that strongly when it came to my husband or like other members of my family that's but like what I was with say. my son it was like it was just without like, a doubt of course like yes. now I get it yeah and. <laughs> Right? Isn't that I'm funny? Like, what is wrong with me? Like, no, no, no. I mean, like, I, like, there is this next level of love that I had no clue existed. Yeah. And and now I respect other parents so much more. Like me before, too. like other people would go on maternity leave at work, and I'll be like, oh, that just means I get all the work. But yeah. now I look at him like I have no idea how they handle it, and like there's so much behind the scenes going on. It's hard work. Yeah. Like <laughs> on top of a job or yeah. you know, any other responsibility. But. Yeah, because you you constantly connecting with your child. And that's that's a lot of the energy, right? So, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. I mean, now I, I can understand how other mother feel and other parents feel. So, yeah. Amazing. And, 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 and this is the reason, like... You know, by going through this process myself, it really make me feel like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is, should be my, you know, work. I don't like to say career because career doesn't mean anything. Um, career is almost like a society term. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to do in this world while I'm still alive, in my living sp- living time, I would say, in my living time, this would be something I wanted to do because I personally experienced it. I have the skill for it. And then I actually enjoyed it. And then I can understand what other people go to. Um, so I feel like this is a perfect job for me. It's a perfect mission that I have. Um, and then, like I said, I also inspiring other young women because by me going through this, I would tell them, don't be scared. It would come. And, you know, don't 
make choices because out of fear or because what you have to do or you know the judgment because at the very end is your life and and you have the option and you be okay and this also helped me to inspire、um, single women single mom it also helped me to inspire、um, same sex gay couple that really want to have family and can't and it doesn't make sense that. Now a country legalizes same-sex marriage, but they don't get to have children or create family, just like any other couple, right? So, I I I really wanted to help those couple to have a family also, and I want people to see the definition of family. It shouldn't be just a man and a woman, the father, mother, and a child. A family can mean so many way, and I think the most important thing is love—the、mm-hmm. love for your child, the love to to raise, to teach,、um, to make them a, a a better human being in this world. When we leave this place,、um, mm-hmm. to help other, to be kind.、Um, yeah, and then so I I I think the definition of family should also be more broad and open.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your purpose. Yeah,、You're、that is my purpose. purpose. That、living、is my purpose. purpose. Yeah. Are you thinking of starting a family or know someone who is? Maybe you or your significant other are already pregnant and have a lot on your mind. My mission is to empower people to know all possibilities in every part of their lives. And family life is an important part of it. If you feel this may be a helpful resource or perspective for your friends and family, please share this series with them. You never know what kind of confidence, positive outlook, and sense of peace it may bring. Thank you for sharing all possibilities with others. Evie. There's just like so much going on in my mind now. So first of all, I didn't know that surrogacy was illegal in New York, which、yeah. kind of explains why a lot of my friends or colleagues who、um, I know had a surrogate had to drive to some other state for the birth of their <laughs> child, or like they ended up, you know, sending pictures from California. And I was like, why are they in California? So, so it all makes sense now, and it's. It's so complicated. Like this is, there's so much. I can imagine that this can be such an emotionally charged field to be in when you have people who obviously really want a family, and then may have to deal with all the the legal, you know, hoops of like, will they get their baby? Will you know, is is their baby being?、Um, Carried like while while the surrogate is pregnant in the way that they want to, especially with the focus on you know eating healthy and being in a、um, like a, a healthy environment because obviously it affects the the fetus. So, can you tell us more about what surrogacy concierge does and and what have you found to be、um, kind of the the lessons learned that people can take away? I would jump into the what listen, learn, the takeaway、um, because I think the surrogacy itself, the law itself, is so complicated. And the reason it's complicated is not because the law itself is complicated; it's because that is so new that there's so many changes while we speak. I one of the example I would give is the same-sex couple marriage. Um, remember when some state legalized same-sex marriage, some state don't. So when same-sex couple move from one state to another, sometimes their 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 insurance beneficiary has to change, or they have to do a cohabitation agreement, visit prenuptial agreement. Was very confusing, especially like New York might be legalized, Boston might not, and so on. So surrogacy law is kind of like that. For example, New York is illegal to do surrogacy, but Boston is okay, 
and you know how close Boston is to New York, so mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that you know when the state also close each other, but the law is different. So how do you enforce something, right? So I think that surrogacy law is like the same sex marriage. It will eventually, eventually uniform, uniformize with all state, but I think it's going to take a couple more years for that happen. Um, so like, and because of that, I think the takeaway is definitely hire somebody who know the law, who know about surrogacy. And if someone had the personal experience, that's even better because they will understand what you go through. It's very emotional. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm a family law attorney for over 15 years and divorces is also very emotional, you know, cause you deal with child custody, losing a child, losing a family. So because I only have training in that, when I'm going to surrogacy, it's the same emotional state because now you're trying to create family, um, the desire wanting to have a family, you know. Um, so I thought it was a good transition, to be honest with you. Is there breaking family? I'm creating family. <laughs> so that's how I look at it. You got both sides. Yeah, exactly. So uh, people get very emotional about it and people become very... Um, people who like to control things, um, this is really tough for them because you don't have control of um, when you're going to have a baby, a fraternity issue, right? Even as now, a lot of higher achiever get everything they want, you know, develop their life. They went to graduate school, they got a good job, they got a good husband and got married. And suddenly when they, real, they, they wanted to have a child, then that's when they discover, you know, somehow they can't. So it's very frustrating for for them, and it's almost like they don't have control of things. So you're also dealing with that. Um, so when you hire somebody to do this big um, life changing thing for you, you almost want to control that person also. Like, mm-hmm. don't drink only organic food. You better not dye your hair. What did you paint your nail? You know all this thing. You you almost want to control everything they do, but you have to understand that even. No one's perfect, and they're doing this because they wanted to help you. They don't just do it just for the money because there's many other ways to make money. And people who go to sur- who wanted who wanted to become surrogate, they also need psych evaluation to be approved. Mm. So before you choose a surrogate, they have to go through a psych evaluation to make sure they're a good candidate. Um, they have to make sure they're qualified and they're not doing it just for the money. Um, and also medical doctor had to clear them to make sure they're qualified to be a surrogate. So believe me, you know, they wanted mm-hmm. to take care of their health. They want to take care of their body also um, because it's affecting them personally. And if you're affecting them and they have a family of their own, of course, they wanted to make sure they're healthy and happy and, and all that. So you can write all that in a surrogacy agreement and say, you know, I don't want you to do this and this and this. But can you really enforce it? No, because you also have privacy right. So a lot of time my client hmm. would say, well, how we know they're going to do not do this or do that? Um, how we know blah, blah, blah. Right. I would tell them not that many people wanted to be surrogate. Those people who are surrogate are very particular type of people. And this is what they do. So to them, this is a job they enjoy and they love and they repeater. So it's such a small niche. Not everybody can um, afford it, I would say doing surrogacy or thought about doing surrogacy. Um, so the, the niche is really small. So you see the same people or the same character over and over again, the same player. So they wouldn't want to ruin the body just for doing this one-time thing. They continue doing that. Most of them carry four or five times. So, you know, they they themselves will want to take care of their body. Plus, you know, by by being a surrogate for you, they're also going to do the risk of just like any other people going to pregnancy risk, right? So a lot of times they will ask for life insurance and you're also responsible for their health insurance. And why they want a life insurance? They might lose their life because of you. What happened to their family? Who's going to take care of their family? So they don't want to go through that either. So that's huge. The, all the things that, people have to think about yeah and and thank you for sharing that because it kind of it kind of opens up my perspective on on 
what kind of person would do that for someone. Yeah, because even though I'm telling you when I did surrogacy, this is almost four years ago, or more than four years ago, it was $80,000, but that's with a lot of health insurance coverage because um, I discovered that I have a cyst. And when I froze my egg, I have no idea I have a, a, a tumor. Mm-hmm. And apparently my, my tumor was very rare kind that it grew nail and hair and oh, fingernail. No. Yeah. And then I remember when the doctor told me about it, uh, Greg Anatomy, the TV show, had a show about that where the, that a man was pregnant. But the man wasn't pregnant. The man was having this um, tumor that had nail and, and hair and sometimes eyes. So they thought oh, wow. that the, the oh, man was, was pregnant. Yeah. yeah. I forgot the medical name for it, but that's what I had. So I guess when I did my egg frozen the first time, didn't see it. But remember, I had to go through the hormone. So I think because it was going into hormone, it it make growth so fast. So by the time I had uh, my second egg frozen, that's when they discovered it because the whole time that that was part of my body, didn't realize that was actually a tumor. So my tumor was growing so big that was bigger than a grapefruit. So they had to took it off. So I have a C-section pretty much. So I was telling people that even though I didn't have my son, naturally you know i pretty much had him because i have i have a big scar you know near my pelvis area just like a c-session would so they have to remove my tumor um and they wouldn't have known about it unless exactly they wouldn't know about it if i didn't pose my egg and go do all that and then if i didn't removed it um it would um it would go so big that my follicle would be twisted i would be in a lot of pain and i would lose one of the uterus so it was it was actually a good thing wow. that they a discovered blessing it. in disguise exactly and then yeah. when i was in school i always felt like i get very bad cramp and i thought i had uh ulcer it was because of that i have no idea so it's kind of interesting that how it worked um so when I had surrogate, I was very grateful of her to willing to do that for me. And um, the cost, you know, what the surrogate actually get is not eighty, ninety thousand dollars. They only get about thirty or forty, the most. That was four years ago. Mm-hmm. Now they probably get forty-five, and then the most is about fifty-five. Was 60, I seen because she was a police officer. <laughs> so she's really fit and people thought they wanted her. So her price was a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But now surrogacy, the whole process is about 200, about 150 to $200,000. Oh, wow. So it have jumped so much since, you know, I did it four years ago. Um, and then even then, if I do it four years ago without the health insurance or great coverage that I have, I probably would... Um, and I'm paying about 100, 110. As you know, the Trump is our president mm. now. The health insurance have, you know, a lot of business have taken away. So it's even more expensive because you have to pay for surrogates, um, surrogate mother's health insurance. And it's really hard to get health insurance for them. And it's hard to buy for them. Um, so, you know, that add additional costs. So some of the money go to the surrogacy agency to charge about 15000 to $20,000. So that's what I'm saying. What surrogate mm-hmm. actually get is not much. So for somebody to do that, they're not just doing it for money. They're doing it because they also enjoy doing that and help infertility couple to have mm-hmm. a baby, create family, or other couples that just wanted to have a family. Um, right. And because of that, you know, I don't think people should be too um, controlled and, and you, you can't control them. So, And because you've kind of gone through this whole process and worked with surrogacy agencies, now you have an agency of your own. Right. And... You say it's a one-stop shop. What does that mean? Just so like quickly, like what? We also have it? all a donor bank um, okay. because most are client often Asia, and a lot of time. Because, and why Asia? Because in Asia, especially in China, 
a lot of them only have one child because the one child policy mm-hmm. was established back in 1973 or 77. Mm-hmm. And since then, they all can only have one child and they can marry early. So most of those children now are in college or marry and they're still a young couple. They're around 40 something. But now they want to have a second child. So when China removed the one child policy in October 2015, now they want a girl. Everybody want a little girl. I know. And, they and, wanted the boy to begin with. Yeah. Now they want the girl. <laughs> now they want a girl because they're, they're like, oh, she's going to be so pretty. I can dress up, you know, all that. Oh, wow. And, and you know. So it's a whole generation of people who now want children. Yes, yes. And then because they age, a lot of them, their age is not young enough or good quality for them to have their own. And with Asian, they don't, they're kind of embarrassed if, you know, they don't want people to know that they can't have children. So they can't just adopt. And then that's another thing. They want their own blood or their own genetic yeah. biological kid. Um, so what they do is they're looking for a donor. And they don't want a, uh, they want someone that looks like them so no one questioned them. So they want an Asian aid donor. So our um. agency have our own Asian aid donor bank. So we help um, of Asian client with Asian egg donor. So, so we try Are to there find... a lot of Asian egg donors? It's hard because a lot of them won't do it. And then, but there's more college people all doing it because they get paid pretty well. They pay for their quarter living costs. Mm-hmm. And another way to look at it is that they get to freeze their egg for free, which oh. normally would charge about 15000 And that's a lot of money for college students. And then so since I, I've been trying to tell people for you say, hey, this is a win-win situation if they wanted to do it. They get to donate their aid to help a couple and they'll also get to freeze their egg free. Mm. So, yeah. So we have our own Asian egg donor bank. Um, egg donor normally charge about 12000 to 25000 per cycle. So you don't know how many you're going to get. But for special ethnicity, especially for Asian, um, the price would be higher because not that many. And, you know, as as typical Asian family, they they want an Ivy League school. Yeah. So they want all they want them to make sure they play the piano. Exactly. So they're willing to pay up. They, they wanted to make sure the A donor is, you know, studying medicine oh, gosh. or had to be graduated from Ivy League school. Apparently, my school is not good enough because I was thinking, oh, you can you can buy my A because I still have A love. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to use them. But no, um, they wanted like Ivy League school and they're willing to pay like Harvard, Yale, oh, and they're Lord. willing to pay like high price for it. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. That is a huge market. Yeah. <laughs> so. And no credit card. It has to be cash. No one take credit card. Oh. So. Wow. This whole thing is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> and and what's, it's interesting because when, when I was going through, like, thinking about children, my mom would always tell me. I think maybe it was because, you know, she reads the Chinese newspaper a lot. And I think a lot of people in Asia definitely do this. So uh-huh. it's it's like a common thing for her. Uh-huh. And so she suggested to me, like, why don't you do a surrogacy? Because I have medical issues. Uh-huh. If if something like if carrying a child and then giving birth to a child were going to like hurt me in some Fine. way. Yeah. And so I kind of I never looked into the cost or uh-huh. like what that may entail. But it was good to at least have an option in my mind of like, oh, if I like for whatever reason can't do this, then be okay. then I can like commit myself to like, you know, save a ton of money or whatever yeah. to like sell all my stuff in order to, exactly. to make it happen. So it was actually reassuring to know that there, you know, there is there's another option if we wanted to go and, down and, that route. And as I'm saying, just the fact that this option is so great because then, you know. I, I feel people feel hopeless when they feel like there's no option, there's no hope. But mm-hmm. once you know that, no matter what, you're going to be okay. And then what you really wanted, you could have it. You know, it made people happy, happy family. So, yeah. yeah. 
So I want to end on that note, but I have a question yeah. that's been in the back of my mind, which uh -huh. is that, like, I know, I know that moms out there, and this may just be a perception from the media, but moms out there at school are like they have. They just can be very catty about, oh, like, yeah. oh, like, your birth and whatever. And and so, like, have you experienced judgment from other moms yeah. in your school for the fact that you chose to have your son this way? Yeah, because I don't really want to tell them my medical condition and why I end up doing surrogacy because I is personal. And, and it shouldn't matter because, like I said, being a mom is not – being a mom is not necessary by giving birth. I think being a mom is to raise this child and to mentor him and to raise him to be a human, a good human being, a kind human being. So for me, just the fact that I didn't give birth, it doesn't make me a less mom than there are. So when those mom was making those comments, I look at it as is 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 because they didn't have that option, and so. If they do, they would they would choose it, or it's because they don't have an understanding what surrogacy really is about, you know. Because especially surrogacy is so new, like there's so many interesting, right? Because when mm -hmm. I just saw you, it's like, oh, I didn't know this, I didn't know that. I think when people don't know something, that's when they make judgment because out of fear. And then I think that when you have the knowledge, then you can make a better decision. You can like, ah, oh, so that's what it is. Not that bad. Oh, I didn't know I have this option. So. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I think <laughs> I think this is from from what I've seen or what you've shared so far the the signs of really living your purpose is that your life has sort of geared you. Everything you've learned and everything you've done has geared you towards something and you don't really know about it until you look back and yeah. you see, you know what? Like all these like all these things fit together right. in beautiful ways maybe like when you were experiencing it, it wasn't that great or yeah. you know, it was very difficult or emotionally challenging but looking back on it you can see how all the little cookie crumbs um it makes kind of sense. led you down yeah. this path so that's really really amazing like you i i never really like children i didn't think i'd be good with children because <laughs> i remember when my girlfriend had baby i'm always so scared to pick them up because i thought I will hurt them or I'm not, um, I won't be a good mom. And then I think the reason why I felt that way, I didn't want to have a family because I was a child from a divorced family. So I wasn't raised by my parents. My parents pretty much after separation or divorce, you know, they all left the country. So I was raised by my grandparents. So because of that, I always felt like I don't want a family or I wouldn't be a good mom because I didn't have somebody to guide me to what is mom supposed to be like. Um, but, you know, it's it's funny how life kind of bring you to it. Same thing as become a family law attorney. You know, what the last thing I want is dealing with people's divorces because I was a child of the divorce family. But because I actually went do that myself, when I become a family law attorney, I was really good at it. Why? Because I felt like I was the advocate for the children with divorced family. I was watching for their best interests. I was making sure those children didn't felt like it was their fault when the family crumble. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, children think it's their fault. Mm -hmm. And do family law, you know, with that experience that I have, I created my family to surrogacy. It opened a, a bigger door for me. And then I felt like, you know, I end up helping more family, whether going through the children, going through the process of a divorce or helping couple to create family, you know, it's all about family. And then family was something that I never really thought I'd be good at or had when I was growing up. But now I'm dealing with all family. It's funny, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. And I can't wait to see, like, because this field is changing and and there's always something new and as society evolves too i can't wait to see yeah. you know what it looks like years from now and what role you have in that yeah. to, to play in there i know i'm excited too i i think in the next few years you know we're going to have a different conversation and then we can look back and and say oh remember that was illegal and this was a, a you know perception and now it's complete change so, yeah. yeah and and we have so many different 
kind of case studies of how public policy, when you kind of, you know, mix it in with <laughs> with relationships and family and the ramifications of that, especially yeah. with with Asia and the U.S. now. So there's there's just so much there. So it's um, I'm glad you're. Um, I'm glad it was a part of your personal life so that you could kind of really understand the feelings, the emotions that people go through. And now you're able to serve people in that way. Thank you. So, well, it's been amazing just learning about all of this from you. And it gives me a lot better understanding of what some of my colleagues and friends have uh, have dealt with who who maybe don't talk about it to everyone. I think it's definitely still an area that people don't want to talk about, but I, you know, invite people to be open and share because that's ultimately how we help each other and learn. So thank you, Evie, for joining us today. Thank you. (laughs) And for you, hmm, let's see. Think about what your family can look like. Evie talked about how family can be any number of things. Um, I'd like you to focus and and create the image for the family that you want. And let us know about it. Drop us a line on our Facebook, on our um, website, or you can email me. I'd love to hear from you. I'm Julie Chan, and until next time, be on the lookout for all possibilities. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.